0: What happens when you take the overhyped desire to do more, to be more, to constantly be involved and add a pandemic, add seclusion, add some alone time and subtract, well, subtract boundaries. What you get is burnout. On today's KL Podcast, we discuss the overwhelming physical stress, exhaustion, emotional and mental breakdown that occur with burnout. Welcome back to the KL Podcast. We are excited to be back with you today. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that is essentially, uh, it's like like the, the structure behind the answer to every question uh that you get which is how you doing the answer is always what guys what's the answer how you doing busy busy and what's the result of this busyness well it's the topic of the day today burnout
1: yeah
0: and uh i mean i think that uh i mean we said we want to talk about burnout it took no time to find a slew of articles addressing what burnout is what causes burnout how to avoid burnout um we burnt ourselves out researching a topic, <laughs> burnout. Uh, hey, let's, I, let's start by just talking about what burnout is, a like quick definition. Tim, you want to you walk through your understanding or what you've read about burnout?
2: Sure. And I think it's worth mentioning also, it's incredibly relevant right now, more relevant than in the past. I saw a data point that said just in the last 12 months, there's been a 24% increase in burnout searches on yeah. Google. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. just the, from us. That was In just the nice. previous year, yeah. I mean, it's probably, it's probably more now that I've prepared for this call. Um, but I mean, clearly 2020 was a year where we were all tested and I think burnout's really relevant. Um, but the best definition that I found is burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by prolonged exposure to excessive stress.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now this is key because uh, the excessive stress part is 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 critical. There's a difference between stress and what they're calling excessive stress, right? Right. Because we've all had stress. Stress is. I mean, if you have a job or you or you do anything you love or you live any kind of life, there's stress involved. What's right. excessive stress?
1: Yeah. Hey, before we get into that, one of the definitions that I read was very similar to what you read, Tim, almost exactly, but another word they used in there. Was unresolved stress, right? And I think that that's big because without that word for me anyway, I think it puts it on outside factors. And if I hear unresolved, I feel like it puts ownership on me to find resolution to, you know, to those stresses or to my reaction to them or the way that I'm handling them. So that, that yeah, was really good definition.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great point, Josh, because we can do something to eliminate. Or avoid burnout it's not just something that happens to us and you know there's no way out so i think that's a great point there's actions we can take on our end to minimize it Um, but when you talk about excessive stress henry the word that i kept coming across was chronic yeah chronic stress and i just in my mind i feel like that is unrelenting over a long period of time so everyone has stress yes we have some spikes maybe it's momentary, maybe it's for a day, maybe it's for a week, maybe even it's for a month. But when I think about burnout, I think about unrelenting chronic stress where you're in a high stress situation for a long period of time.
0: Yeah. And, and, and some of this could even be tied back to the doing more with less conversation that we had. Like that's one of those moments where you can create this chronic stress situation uh, one of the other things that that I'd read um, in one of these articles, Tim, that you shared was about uh, about disorganization or lack of structure or unclear goals. Like some of these elements that can exist in your workplace can create this excessive stress. There's yeah. a difference between I'm working really hard because I understand what I'm doing and it's just difficult versus I'm working really hard and I have no idea what's going on. People are just throwing random things at me. So understanding how excessive stress is different from actual stress is one key. The other part is probably understanding like what burnout looks like. How do, you, how do you recognize it in yourself or someone else?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's interesting because fatigue and exhaustion came up over and over and over. And I know that's right, but I also associate burnout with being bored and I don't think that's really what burnout actually is. You know, I, I think I've used it interchangeably in my own life. If I'm just kind of bored with something, yeah, you know, I say ah, I'm burned out on that. But yeah. when we talk about burnout, it's really about exhaustion and fatigue. I think, you know, those are those are those are the things that came up over and over and over. You know, if you talk about exhaustion physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, when you become disengaged from work or whatever is the source of the burnout, overwhelming dread or loss of motivation. And, you know, I I think at the end of the cycle, it turns into depression. I really think that's, you know, at the end of the burnout road, your destination is depression. It's not... I can't, re- you know, it's just like such an uplifting statement, I know. But
0: uh, <laughs> um, you really, you need are to we know there where yet? you're headed. Oh, yeah, we're almost there.
2: <laughs> I mean, you need to know where you're headed. It's, it's not something that's going to naturally pass. You're headed towards depression. I mean, you really are. It's, it's not recognized as mental health illness. Um, I think it's actually recognized by World Health Organization as a mental health issue, and they call it an occupational phenomenon. Um, but it leads to depression. I mean, it's like the prereq, it's right. heading you straight down the road to depression. So, uh, you know, I, how do you, how have you guys felt in the past when you've been burned out? I'll, I'll talk after you, but we've all been there at some point, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, we were talking before the, we started the, the conversation today. And, and in doing the research for this, I was just, it was pretty eye-opening to see how many of those boxes that I could check, um, in in what the articles were describing the pathway to to burnout. And so, it's you know it feels like a lot of those things. You know, I, I can certainly relate to change in attitude. I, I get <laughs> I get really grumpy, you know, and agitated easily, um, especially with the people closest to me. You know, and you know my, my boys are still schooling from home. My wife's working from home. I'm working from home. And there's not a lot of separation that happens. And so I can find myself getting really irritable um, a lot faster when I'm when I'm hitting those burnout stages and phases. Um, um, my outlook goes down. Right. And I'm I consider myself to be a pretty optimistic person. I, I lean towards that. But when I'm when I'm hitting that stage, man, it's it's hard for me to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I've got to be really intentional about that. And I think that leads to the other side of the conversation about. I think in a in a scenario or situation like this, when talking about burnout, man, self-awareness is just so important to to be able to step outside yourself and identify those, you know, those triggers. I wouldn't call them triggers, but maybe those warning signs that, hey, man, I'm not in a good place and I need to I need to change some things before before I head too far down the
0: list. It's so true, Josh. The challenge is that when you've kind of crossed over or you're maybe even in that marginal zone where you're about to be burnt out. it's hard to do something about it because you know tim you said that you in the past you looked at burnout as just being bored for me burnout uh manifests itself in low productivity i can't i don't get focused you know i don't show results and it kind of looks i i would probably say yeah i'm just kind of bored with this thing like you just said but it's really it's really low productivity it's really me not engaging and um when I'm not feeling engaged, it's hard to get motivated to try something to pull myself out of it. It takes like a, a pretty big shakeup. And um, yeah. I, this is my issue with with burnout. I, I have gone, I have like battled like the idea of burnout. It seems like where we are today, there is absolutely, uh, we're absolutely suffering from it, you know, b- because of the pandemic, people working at home, people working, in, crazy weird hours because they can't separate work and home. But it seems like preceding this, there was this sort of social media influencer mentality of being on the grind, being on the hustle. I've got so much stuff going on. Look at how busy my life is. Is burnout in any way a hangover from that, from that idea or were these people sort of creating this image that they were super busy? Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. I don't know. Well,
2: I, there's two different topics there. So let me address the easiest one to address very quickly. Yes, people are lying on social media. 100%. <laughs> I, brought, I brought social media up first. Yeah. This Thank time. you for From doing that. that, Henry. But I'll just remind everyone who's listening, social media is a lie.
0: <laughs> That's it's it.
1: It's a curated message.
0: It's a lie. It's a lie. (laughs) When your grandmother posts on Facebook, she is lying to you. (laughs) Well, it's not 100% a lie. (laughs) but It's highlight reels. That's right.
2: For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Continuing on. The hustle has been glorified. There's no doubt about that. You know, work ethic is incredibly important. And then we've gone overboard with it. It is, you know, you got to be on your grind. You got to be hustling. And I'm a big believer in that. I mean, I do believe that hard work pays off, but I think you can work yourself to a point of exhaustion. You have to understand before you hit the wall where you're headed. This is about being preemptive and being proactive. You can't wait until you hit the wall to take action. You have to take care of yourself before you get there. Um, But I I just want to back up very quickly, Henry. Henry. And say, the word that I associate with burnout personally, when I experience burnout, is dread. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. When when I'm in a spot of being burned out and, you know, let's talk, let's act like it's the job. You can be burned out in many different situations. But when it's an occupational situation, I dread it. I dread Sunday night because I know the weekend is over. I dread Monday morning because I know I got to go back to work. I dread talking to my boss. If I happen to have a boss who's contributing to the burnout, I don't at the moment. Very fortunate, but I've been in that situation before. You know, if I have a rough bunch of customers, I dread talking to them. I worked in New York State for two years, and those are incredibly demanding people who I love very much, but it's a grind, no doubt about it. And, you know, you get burned out, man. You get, right. you get tired of people yelling at you and screaming right. to sharpen your pencil. You know, it's well, old.
0: What we're saying is that, uh, just to kind of tie a bow on the social media piece real quick, is that there is a bit of theater to burn out for some people. And that for a number of other people who aren't glorified in social media, there's some science behind it. Now, burnout is not necessarily considered to be a mental illness, but it does impact you mentally. It can impact you physically, and you know what Tim is talking about with this feeling of dread, or you know low productivity, or disassociation from your work. All of those things are mental, and even manifested into physical uh, reactions to this idea of burnout. So it's, it's interesting you bring up science, Henry,
2: because there is certainly some science behind burnout. This is not just a feeling that we have, you know, something in our head. But one of the things that I read was when we don't get a chance to properly rest and recuperate after a stressful event, we expose ourselves to just a whole, you know, buffet of disorders and illnesses, including but not limited to hormonal disorders, muscle tension, diabetes, depression, insomnia, and continuous stress on our body over a prolonged period of time actually disturbs our endocrine system, which is responsible for regulating our fight or flight response. And once that's disturbed, then our endocrine system begins to take over brain functions that are normally considered non-essential in an emergency situation like sleep, digestion, reproductive system. And on the other end of the spectrum, it amplifies those that we would need in an emergency, like muscular and cardiovascular functions. So at this point, we start experiencing burnout. And if we don't make lifestyle changes, we head down a road to just overwhelming emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion. So there is scientific and physiological stories behind burnout you know this is not
0: just like touchy-feely subject it, it is scientific yeah you can notice this in your people or in yourself when you see a change in behavior a change in the way they speak a change in the way they uh change a change in their general work habits so they are they late do they take a lot of days off some of these things when you sort of put them together can be a good example of burnout and you know, I don't know that it's necessarily a result, like we were saying earlier, it's not necessarily a result of them having a lot of work. It could be a result of them having a lack of structure, which causes them to be unfocused in a way that makes the work they have more difficult. So you can't just assume that because someone has a lot of work or not a lot of work that they will or won't be burnt out. I think you have to recognize those, those traits that you just mentioned as being potential indicators of a, of a bigger issue. Yeah. And I mean, as a, we're having a leadership conversation,
2: right? So we've talked about what burnout looks for each one of us. I think it's important to talk about how we identify it in our employees and you're spot on there, Henry. You know, it's not just, Oh, do they have a lot of work that does not equate to burnout, but you need to keep your eye open and see if they're uncharacteristically disengaged if they appear to be exhausted and trust me in this remote workplace that you know that we've found ourselves in it's even harder you know than ever we have to be intentional
1: right
2: it's it's tough to tell on the phone it's even more important to get on video with someone and it's even tough then because yep. everybody yeah. can put on kind of a good face for a few minutes on video but if an employee starts making a lot of mistakes they act distant like you said if they're absent if they show heightened sensitivity. I mean, those are all signs that you could you could have an employee who's headed towards potential burnout.
1: Right. Yeah, I think it's also super important to be intentional about your questions. Um, in our current environment, Because like we talked about at the when we kicked off the call, the new the new good is busy. Right. If you're just asking how are you doing, right? I think it's important to be specific with your questions about you know the condition of their current state. Right? Whether it's how's your family doing or. How how is this specific project you're you're working on doing? Um, I, I do think you have to be a lot more intentional with your with your questions now when you're talking to the people that you support, um, rather than the generic kind of "how are you doing" that we're used to.
0: Yeah, and one of the articles that that we were reading, I can't remember which one. Maybe you guys can remind me. But they talked about uh, the notion of living in an achievement society. Does that ring a bell to you guys? And, you know, yeah. this idea that, that we, are, we are what we achieve creates a bit of this burnout rather than we mm-hmm. are what we do. And, and we've talked before about, you know, having the right actions and the right behaviors will ultimately lead to the right kind of goals uh, or the right kind of achievements. But it's if you focus on the action and behavior, then you're going to have a better outcome. If you focus on the outcome, then the actions and the behaviors may be all over the map. So, you know, that's that's another one of those things. And we as leaders need to focus on uh, rewarding activities, behaviors, rather than just rewarding outcomes. Right.
2: Yeah. Out, I mean, outcomes clearly are important.
0: We, yeah, we don't absolutely. Downplay it,
2: but I think all three of us believe that if you have the right behavior in place, then the outcome just comes. But I agree with you 100% there, Henry. One thing that I would add is as leaders we probably need to revisit our expectations because there's a lot of stress associated with being the quote unquote perfect employee. And if we see one of our employees that's struggling with that, it really is a good time for us to revisit our expectations or the way that we've communicated our expectations. And this is not my way of saying, no, we need to, we need to soften up but we need to make sure that everybody understands you know what our expectations are we need to make sure that there are realistic expectations you know that
0: aren't adding to the stress of our employees yeah i agree and and so uh, in recognizing burnout uh there's some really interesting phases that people can go through. And I think that the, you know, the speed at which we transition from phase to phase or maybe even where we start is, is probably different from person to person. But overall, I thought it was a really interesting uh, conversation topic. And I'd like to go down that, uh, down that rabbit hole with you guys real quick. The, they were talking about recognizing burnout. And one of the, the first phases was uh, when you're new to the role, you have a, a level of excitement about this opportunity that you've just taken and it leads to a very high engagement. That's this honeymoon phase. And that level of engagement, what you're, what you're looking for is compulsion, creative flow at a high level, incredibly high productivity. These things like, of course I want creative flow. Of course I want high productivity. But there's a, there's a, a cap to that. Whenever it starts to exceed that, you're like, this person is, they're over the top. We need to, you, know, you wanna have a, a bit more of a measured approach to things you know, going in too hard, too fast, that all of a sudden will burn this person out. It seems yeah. really obvious, but whenever you go into that job, how many times have you wanted just to dive in head first and go for everything right there in the first two days of your job? It's easy yeah. to do. Absolutely. yeah, No doubt about it. Go, go ahead, Josh.
1: No, I was going to say, I think that's the natural thing to want to do is the compulsion to prove yourself. Um, I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Uh, but again, like you were, I think where you were leading to, Henry, it's, It's the ability to not kind of, you know, temper those expectations on yourself and and set a realistic and healthy path moving forward to, you know, to get past that that phase. And you set the bar there and then all of a sudden it's just super difficult to to step back from it.
2: Yeah, I think this I think that's the moment where the cliche it's a marathon, not a sprint conversation comes into play. (laughs) Right. But we hear that a lot. But. You know, I can say I was a track athlete in high school. I don't look like it now, but I was. (laughs) (laughs) I was much more slender than I am now. I'm kind of a big guy now. But uh, that has a lot of, I mean, that really is a good analogy. Because when you think about distance races, you know, even middle distance. So, you know, like a half mile or a mile. There's always, at every level, from junior high up to the Olympics, there is a participant who comes out of the blocks. I mean, they are flying and normally that lap one leader is not the winner, right? You know, it is somebody who has come out strong and they work themselves to a point of exhaustion. Then they don't have any gas in the tank for the rest of the race. So, you know, I don't think we're saying start slow. I think we're just saying, you know, be moderate and don't just completely, waste yourself
0: as you start a roll yeah yeah And I, this is my plug for the nike running app for those that that use it but i mean i'm telling you man using the trainers on that app is so amazing because they tell you with every run start easy not slow right. easy because you're gonna get faster naturally as you build up momentum as you build up endurance you're gonna get faster start easy yeah
1: it's about pace you know pace pace yourself
0: Exactly. And the next phase, and Josh sort of alluded to this when he was talking about setting that bar really high. The next phase is the stress return. Because now that you've got this high level of investment on your engagement, you've increased your workload, which has decreased your ability for creative flow, which is a bummer, especially if you believe that what you started out as is what you should continue being. Now you start to suffer from headaches. You get a little grumpy every once in a while. You see your productivity drop. You're a little more tired than you used to be. And that's the moment where you then start to enter that zone where you really begin to burn out. And it can happen fast. You know, you think how long does it take to really mature into a a new role? This part can happen within the first couple of months or sooner.
2: Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and I think you start to project that. I think you start to project that on, on teammates as well or peers right? When they're not performing with the same, you know, vigor or, or intensity that you are. And I think it's easy to project those frustrations, you know, to, to your team as well.
2: Yeah. It can affect you physiologically though. I mean, for sure. you know, one of the things they listed there is high blood pressure. And I'll tell you something that I was thinking about when I saw that is it, I've mentioned that I was working New York state. This was probably 10 years ago. And man, it's such a tough, Such a tough territory. You know, everyone is just rough. They're raw. They come at you every single day. It is a battle. And my stress level was so high. My blood pressure was up. It's not good for me physically. It really wasn't. I had worked it for longer than I probably anybody should work that account. And I went to the doctor and he put me on a low dose of blood pressure medication. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean for this account, isn't that crazy? I was I was medicated to work this account, which is (laughs) insane, which is absolutely insane. Anyway, so we come to Christmas. It did help. It helped tremendously. We come to Christmas and I take a week off. And like three days into the Christmas vacation, I haven't worked, you know, stress level is down. I get out of bed and I start walking to to get dressed in the morning. And you dress out. I passed out. Yeah, I, <laughs> Your blood pressure was, was so was low. low. Everybody was downstairs and it was like a boxer who got hit by a knockout punch. <laughs> just 220 pounds, straight backwards Bud. on the hardwood floor. Ooh. My head bounced on the floor and I was just, uh. I was out. I was passed out and you know, my wife comes running up there. My kids are looking over me. I mean, I am like a boxer in the middle of the ring, just completely knocked out. And so I went to the doctor and said, I'm really concerned. I passed out and it's never happened before. And he starts asking questions, you know, how's it going at work? I said, well, I haven't worked in a week because I'm on vacation. He goes, well, that's it. The stress is gone. Your, low, your blood pressure is so low that you passed out. So, <laughs> I mean, so
0: let me guess what he said was... Continued taking the blood pressure medicine, but but you need to take a call from a five one six or two one two number every single day. That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> just to balance you out.
0: Yeah, I need to call oh.
2: some. I need to call somebody on Long Island just to get the day started,
0: so I can balance myself. All right. Yeah. Okay. A little hair of the dog. Okay. So moving on. Uh, so now that you've got this stress return, now that stress starts to the way I describe it is that stress now rents a room in your body. It now owns a piece of you. And this is the chronic stage. Now, chronic stress becomes the norm. This is like, you know, we talked about this already, but this is when you become more apathetic. There's even decline in your personal life. Like everything is impacted now. It has it has grown roots into every part of your life, which leads you up. We're just going to move this a little quicker. leads you into that burnout stage. Self-doubt, yes. emptiness, yeah. you know, escapist mentality. This is, you know, Nothing is ever going to be good for you, and you really can't see a way out of it.
2: And, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll mention one of the things they, they said in there was increased alcohol and drug consumption and increased caffeine consumption. Yeah. And I, I have seen some people at work. There's a guy that I used to work with, and he drank a three-liter of coke every day. Oh man. <laughs> and I was th- I was thinking about oh him and gosh. I was like, this guy was <laughs> clearly burned out. And I yeah. he wasn't working for me, I was working with him. And I just thought it was like, wow, this guy is destroying himself. But looking back, I'm, yeah, he may have been burned
0: out. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so the yeah. the key at this point is, how do you counter it or resolve it, or how do you how do you like help your your yourself and your employees uh, from from getting to that that far down the road on burnout?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think, go ahead, Josh. Well, I was gonna. Kind of piggyback on what you were talking about just a while ago and I think it segues into this nicely. Um one of the characteristics that it also called or that we also you know read through in researching for this was change in values, right? Once you hit that chronic stress point. And that's for me generally that's the identifier that I that I feel that that triggers a change for me or that I need to do something different. Um, because the way that the way that it manifests itself for me is I tend to push aside the things that I value most in order to achieve the things that are causing the stress for me. And the way that that looks a lot is, you know, the time I'm spending with my boys, investing in my marriage, uh, investing in my family. And I keep, you know, pushing that stuff to the side so I can achieve the thing, the source of the stress, right? And so that's, to me, that's the indicator that usually pushes me to say, okay, this, this stuff is not that important. I'm, I'm devaluing the things that I value most, and I've got to change. And so that's that—that's the biggest, you know, identifier for me that I've that I got to move on.
0: Uh, I think yeah. that's great, Josh. I, I think that's incredibly important. I think that's not a first step. That's hard to do. It, yeah. Somebody's going to have to be in a spot where they can really recognize where they're at in order to make that kind of change. And I think you know Tim's <laughs> example of passing out on vacation and only taking a little time away from work and all of a sudden it changes his physiological makeup. I mean, the first step is probably forcing someone to take some time off. If I saw an employee in a burnout phase, I'd be like, Hey, listen, I want you to take Friday and Monday off. Right. Just take that time for yourself, decompress. And, you know, even if they don't fully understand why that might be enough to at least recalibrate them a little bit.
2: Yeah, And I'll I'll add on to that, Henry. It's so easy for leaders to say, just take some time off. Just take some time off. You should take some time off. There's a second part to that. And I know, Josh and Henry, I know you're aware of it, but we have to be cognizant of it. You have to make that time off relaxing for the employee, because if you don't have a way to handle their work while they're gone and all they're thinking about is yeah, I'm taking two days off. And when I get back, I'm going to have three days of work waiting on me. Exactly. Yeah. That does not work. So you have to have a backup plan in place. You have to have a way for their work to be accomplished or delegated while they're gone so they can actually enjoy their time off. And when they come back, they feel recharged. I mean, so many times we force people to take time off. And then when they come back, they're buried and they're right back Two hours later, they're in the same you're spot right. when yeah. they left,
0: you know. It goes back to that lack of structure we talked about earlier that creates more stress for them. And that time off becomes more negative than positive. But, you know, Josh, to your point, if you have said, hey, listen, I want you to take these two days off. I've got so and so backing you up. We're going to make sure that when you come back, you know, your work is pretty much clear. You can start from new. And I want us to get on a call whenever you come back and you get on a call with that person. And then you say, how was it? How do you feel? I wanna ask you just like, what matters to you? What are your values? Let's focus right. on those things. How are you gonna put those things front and center? You know, maybe that's a, that's a great time now that they've got that that moment of clarity to go and have them refocus on that. And then, you know, uh, one of the other things that we read in this article, they're talking about how work-life balance is not gonna work for these people, but finding work harmony, mm-hmm. it's yeah. a little, you know, touchy-feely, maybe hippy-dippy for some people. I loved it. I thought that was a great idea. Work harmony is kind of like finding meaning in the work that you're doing. Like what's the value that you're adding to the people that you're talking to or the project you're working on. I, I, I thought work harmony was, a, was fantastic. And I yeah, actually, that's
2: actually, that's actually Jeff Bezos. Um, you know, I don't know if they got it from him or not, but he talks a lot about work life harmony rather than work life balance, because in my opinion, he's being realistic. You can't just turn off work, turn on life, turn off life, turn on work. You probably do it better than by a no, to be honest, Henry. You, you have some really good best practices around separating the two. But most people, their work and their non-work life is very intertwined. And I mean, that's just the world that we live in right now. And I think that's what we focus on. And we kind of add to the stress when we say, okay, I'm going to do life now and I'm not going to think about work at all. It's just really hard to cut it off, you know, yeah. and same thing while you're at work. Say, I'm not going to think about my family right now while I'm at work. They're going <laughs> to they're going to bleed over into each other. You know, I mean, For it's sure. your life. It's your reality. So how's you your know?
0: family? Like, my who?
2: Yeah, it's right. yeah <laughs> it's right. I'm at work. I'm not married. Right. I mean, you know, it's just you have to find some harmony in it. But right. backing up just a little bit, Henry, I. You know, some some helpful tips that I saw in preventing burnout. And we've talked about all these, but it's interesting how a lot of our conversations overlap just a little bit, but self-care, especially when it comes to sleep, diet and exercise, you know, those seem obvious. We talk about them all the time, but once again, here we are talking about them. Another that I saw that I think is really relevant is learning and being willing to say no to, you know, people that say yes to everything that's asked of them. Tend to burn out sooner um, examining your calendar to see if everything is essential you know once again we're accepting every invite that comes on our calendar and we don't need to do that we need to be selective about where we spend our time and then the last two that I saw were you know have someone that you can speak with so that you can confide in that you can talk about how you're feeling and this last one I really love it, it's about celebrating your wins And so apparently, you know, people, when they get to the stage of burnout, they have not taken the time to celebrate their wins and which makes work and life feel even more like a grind. So take Mm -hmm. the time to celebrate your wins. And as a leader, you know, I feel like that's self-explanatory, but we celebrate the wins of our people. goes a long way.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, that ties in. Awesome, Tim, with what we were talking about earlier, you know, we we glorify the grind so much that we forget to celebrate the victories in there. And I I can certainly say I'm the guiltiest at that. I am always mentally pushing forward to the next whatever it is that I forget to celebrate the, you know, the victory and the win. And, you know, sadly, it extends into not just work, but in home as well, right? If I'm pushing our family towards a certain goal and we get there, I'm looking to the next goal and I don't spend enough time celebrating or complimenting, you know, like you're saying, whether it's my family or a team, I don't let them know enough that, that, you know, we should be proud of what we accomplished.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and, and not only celebrating the wins, but celebrating, you know, the action, the positive activities that people took in order to help get you there. You know, even if they didn't cross the finish line first, if they, ran their hardest and worked their hardest, then you celebrate that. Congratulations, on working so hard. You know, that, that goes a long way with people. A couple other yeah. things, you know, I, focusing on, on, on what they love about what they do. We talked about that a little bit, you know, Josh talked about values that someone has overall, but focusing on what they love about the work that they're doing, yeah. Yeah, that can be really critical. And this seems kind of minor, <laughs> but uh, changing around your environment like moving things around for me like little hacks like that help me feel different about what i'm doing just changing what i'm what's on my desk or maybe moving my desk to a different spot little things if you know when you're in a spot where that that's all it takes to make a, an improvement then do it that's easy yeah. yeah
2: yeah the organ the way that you have your life organized you know whether that is your like physical desktop or whether that is the way that you work email, or you know whether it's the way that you approach a high-level strategy, the, your organizational skills go a long way towards preventing burnout. Sure. But I think you know one of the important things to, that we haven't touched on here is we talk about burnout, and a lot of times that means ah oh, I need to change jobs. I mean maybe the job that you're in may be incredibly stressful. It may be like the source of your stress. But many times, we have to change the way that, that our life is lived. We have to change our lifestyle right. and the way that we handle stress and the way that we identify stress and change in jobs. You know, if we still are living the same lifestyle and are approaching work the same way that we did before, change in jobs isn't going to help that. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about it. I mean, we've said it a ton of times over multiple conversations. You have to be intentional. I have to be intentional about the way I attack my day, about the way I attack my workload. And, and you have to organize it in a way that's manageable for you.
0: I think what, 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 what we know I and mean, what we believe and what we know is that burnout is a real thing. And the burnout has become probably more widespread over the past year than ever before. It's impacted all of us in some way, shape or form. And that the, there are a lot of different ways in which you can try to avoid it or try to deal with it whenever it happens to you or the people that you serve. So what are the takeaways here? What's our, what's our takeaway, Tim? Well, I think the takeaway is that, like you said, burnout is
2: real. But when you click past that, one size really doesn't fit all. Right. So you have to be intentional in understanding yourself. As a leader, you have to be intentional about understanding each one of your people You can't act like there's gonna be one way to handle burnout for an entire team of 10, 15, 20, 100, 200 people. You know, they're they're unique individuals and you have to take the time to understand their motivations and their stresses and then work with them on an individual basis to eliminate or actually prevent burnout. Good luck out there.
0: John Giorno said, You have to burn bright to shine. And that's true. But you don't have to burn out. Take time away. Get restored. And get revived. That's how you last a long time. For more KL Podcasts,
2: Visit kindleadershipproject.com, follow us on LinkedIn, or find us on your favorite streaming service. This podcast is an expression of the
1: views of Kind Leadership and its team. We're always open for discussion, so find us on social media and give us your thoughts.